Hey there, this is Karen and you've entered the Woman Inspired Podcast Zone. <laughs> I'm glad that you tuned in today. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, very thankful. I, In fact, I love that you tuned in today. It blesses me to know that there are people out there in this digital cyber world who desire to listen to something that's faith-filled and biblically sound, hopefully fun, because I try to make it fun, usually, and meaningful. And let me just say, if you like this podcast, please hop on out to accessmore.com to check out the whole array of podcasts they have there. You'll find topics galore. Entertainment, they got it. Education, they got that. Theology, religion, Bible study, Access More's got all of that and more. You're going to find thought leaders, faith leaders, and some pretty entertaining podcasts. All in all, it's a safe space to find new podcasts. I like it. I hope you do too. You can find it at accessmore.com. So if you don't mind checking it out after this podcast, I don't think you'll be sorry. I know I'll be happy for you to check it out, especially since they now help make this podcast possible. So today's topic on the Woman Inspired Podcast is love. What's love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. That's the answer to that. All done. See you next time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm going to start out with some pod quotes for you about love. And here we go. Love is all you need, but a little chocolate now and then doesn't hurt. <laughs> That's Charles Schultz, you know the one who created the peanuts. I love that. Gotta love Charles Schultz. All right. Women are meant to be loved, not understood. Oscar Wilde. I had to throw that in there and I got to share it with my husband. <laughs> All right. Crack me up. But okay, here are some real pod quotes that will hopefully hit you where you think and where you feel. This is by Martin Luther. The sin underneath all our sins is to trust the lie of the serpent, that we cannot trust the love and grace of Christ and must take matters into our own hands. Ooh, that's that's pretty heavy, isn't it? That should hit you right where you right where you feel. Alright. This one's by Ann Tatlock. And this one is one that I absolutely love, love, love. Ready? Here's the paradox. We can fully embrace God's love only when we recognize how completely unworthy of it we are. I'm going to read that again because I liked it that much. Here's the paradox. We can fully embrace God's love only when we recognize how completely unworthy we are of it. Oh, all right. So recently I was asked to speak a little bit about love. I, I could have gone in so many different directions with it, but I prayed and I thought and I prayed and it came down to an array of love info that I shared. I wouldn't say a love fest or a love feast, but definitely all about love. And I wanted to share that with you today on this podcast because it's very much still on my heart and mind. So I asked, um, what love was. I mean, a lot of us have gotten that age old question, right? We've heard it on all kinds of surveys and talk shows and in books and things like this. The age old question, what is love? And most people, would probably say God is love. I say most people listen to this podcast, probably most people in church, most people who are Christian minded or have read the Bible would say God is love. Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love God. That's in the Bible. So the dictionary defines love though as ready for this, an intense affection and warm feeling for another or 
strong sexual desire. Now, I don't think I agree with all of that. I just don't. I don't agree with a lot of the uh, current modern day definitions that have been changed and uh, ratified and smoothed over and dumbed down and read into and all of those good things. So, but most people in the world would, instead of saying that God is love or trying to actually define it, would describe attributes of it because it's a lot like trying to, dis to to define what the wind is. We may be able to give some meteorological definition of it, but your average everyday person is not going to be able to define what the wind is. But what they can do is describe manifestations of it. It blows to the trees. It can create storms. It can uh, blow the hair on, up on your head it can take your hat away it's a wonderful breeze it's a cool feeling across your face those sorts of things but those are manifestations of wind so a lot of times when people are asked what is love they describe attributes of it or manifestations of love now i know and believe what it says for myself in first john three sixteen. this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us that is the greatest manifestation of love. The definition of love was an action made on our behalf, like no other action. The death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his ascension and his return, his forgiving of our sins and offering us eternal life. But the world at large, sadly, would not give that as their first answer. So I googled it. <laughs> Knowing that we're talking about love, I just wanted to see what people are saying about love overall in, in general in culture today. And here are some of the answers. These, is, these are in the top 10 answers. I'm not going to give you all of them. But these, this was done in uh, a survey or a little study in 2022. Love is security. Now, if God is love, I'd say, yeah, he's the ultimate security, eternal security. Okay, love is feeling emotionally safe with someone. I can agree with that because I feel safer with God than I do anyone or anything that's ever been. Okay, here's another one. Love is never having to say you're sorry. <clears throat> okay, if you're married, you know that that is not true. I'm just telling you right there. <laughs> what? I love God and I have to tell him I'm sorry all the time. All right. Love is when someone starts to take up most of the space in your mind, night and day. This one just cracks me up. Caution, caution. That's not true. Um, that's not love. That's an emergency protective order waiting to happen. I, I don't even know. That sounds like an answer from a teenager. I'm sorry. Or someone who seriously watched fatal attraction too much. Okay. Love is choosing to accept someone through thick and thin. And when I read that, I thought, well, hopefully they're talking about pounds and inches too, and not just difficult situations. Um, so love is a deep feeling of euphoria or a deep feeling you have towards someone else. In some ways, I agree with that just for the fact that uh, love and the different kinds of love there is, love from God, affection from God, accepting the Lord, they all make me feel deeply. I feel, you know, you've heard of that spiritual high. I can feel a spiritual high. So in a way that's true. However, love is even is greater than that because it's not just about how you feel. It's about truth. 
Okay. So if you ask people in the church or in the body of Christ, you're going to get various answers that can stretch everywhere from talking about the different kinds of love that it talks about in the Bible, like brotherly love, family love, romantic love, and agape love, which is the divine love of God. And then you'll get people who are talking about the love chapter in the Bible. That's what is, we call, I would say, what is, what is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We call it the love chapter. We meaning those who have, of us who know about the Bible in 1 Corinthians. <laughs> and probably every pastor and every person who's ever married anybody or done a marriage ceremony ever. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 13, it's used in a lot of vows, but also in a lot of marriage ceremonies, period, no matter what your faith background is, because it describes love and how we're supposed to treat someone else when we love them. That's in 1 Corinthians 13. So if you don't know it, spoil yourself a little, enjoy it, go look it up. All right. And if you're talking about love, we cannot be remiss uh, in talking about, or we would be remiss. I can talk. I really can just have patience with me. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the five love languages, which it, it's a great book by Gary Chapman. If you've never read it, it's a great premise. Go for it. But I have to tell you, it's much easier to have relationships with people if you work on honing in like 20 different love languages. Um, then someone's always speaking your language. That's really helpful. Uh, but in this book, which I think he published in the early 1990s, he says that he began to, to notice patterns in couples that he was counseling. And he realized that the couples were misunderstanding each other's needs. And it came down to how they communicated love to each other. So he, that led him to come up with the five love languages or ways that people in relationships express love to each other. And those, those five languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Now, if you're like most women, you'll have one or two that are really prominent. Like that's the, the biggest way that you realize that someone loves you is if they're, let's say it's words of affirmation. If they're saying wonderful things for you, to you, and they're saying, you know, they love you, or they're encouraging you, or you're beautiful, or they, you know, that, or um, spending quality time with you. Uh, like, maybe you have two of those, and then the other ones you still have. So most people fall in the line of all five, but they have one or two that are really prominent. But again, I say, there are a whole lot more to me, I've realized over 20 plus years of being married, that there are more than five love languages. And for me, uh, all of these things fall into line for myself. And maybe it's because I do, maybe I do speak a lot of different languages. I think part of it depends on your culture, what you're used to, what your expectations are, how many times you've moved and, and what kinds of experiences you've had all over the country. Um, or if you've just had experience in your own little county or your state. So you, all of these things make a difference in how you receive love and express love. Now, under these five languages, there can be loads of other things and aspects to it. So if you haven't read that book, it's, it's good, especially if you're having issues in your marriage or maybe not even just in your marriage, but with a parent or a sibling or a friend and you're just, you, you love each other and you care about each other, but sometimes 
you know, we can love someone, but they don't get how we show them love or they're used to being shown love in a different way, especially if someone's been in a previous relationship, married or divorced, or they've been hurt in a friendship, something like that. So it, it it's great to learn about loving and love communication. So don't just sit in a love desert, get educated, you're able to do so, but not just educated on human relationships and on love in, uh, uh, families and romantic love and all that. But how about we first and foremost get educated about the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ, that it's so big and so amazing that he gave his son for us. Because there are a lot of people that they're all in for the five love languages or they're all in for the romantic love or the family love and family comes first and family's number one. But what about the head of the family, the one who created you and your children, who blessed you with your children, with your parents, with your close friends, your, your friends that are your family, you know, the people you choose to be in your circuit, circle or your little village. He's the one that created them. So how about you figure out how deep and wide and high and amazing God's love is. And then I believe if you do, then all the other kinds of love are going to fall into place for you. That doesn't mean you won't have to work on relationships. You do. But I think that if you put, I know that if you put God first and his love first, all those other things will fall into line. You know, one time I was on a panel at a women's retreat and the topic was love and the focus was supposed to be Jesus's love for us, but, and you know, how it manifests in your life, but it quickly went the direction of marriage because, you know, we were in a group of all women. <laughs> so, um, it, it went to communication and how you show love. And some of the women had great answers for, for what lo love looked like in their marriage. One woman said that love was doing someone else's dirty laundry, because if she didn't love her family, she wouldn't be washing their dirty underwear, <laughs> which is a great answer. And another said that it was buying her kids favorite foods and cooking meals for them because she didn't love to cook, but she did it because she loved them. And someone else said it was uh, bringing flowers to someone or receiving flowers and uh, taking care of someone when they're sick or telling them the truth, even when the truth is really hard to share with them. But again, these are all manifestations of love. And I contend they're only a copy of the original, right? Because real love is exactly what I said in the beginning. It's God. God is love. And there has never been a greater manifestation of love than through God, our Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the thing is, though, I'm not sure about you, but I used to wonder when I was younger, how do we get love? And how do we gain love? You know, when I was younger, I used to think that getting love and gaining love from someone else had to do with how much attention I got from them. And in my marriage, how much sex I got from him. How many gifts did I get? And was I remembered on every special occasion that I thought I should be remembered on? But none of that was true. Those are actually blessings that come with various kinds of relationships and love, including a covenant relationship like a marriage. But love is so much bigger than all of that and so much more important than all of that. And not just because the Bible tells us that God is love. I mean, in essence, we do know that to be true because we hear it all the time and we can read it in the Bible and the Bible is truth. But when we don't know it in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, then we don't have a true understanding of what real love is. That's when we will constantly be looking to find something else to take its place that feels similar or at least 
feels good in the moment. We'll seek out whatever it is, if it feels right, even if it's only for a short period of time. Do you get where I'm going? I lived a life like that. I've had a lot of family rejection. Um, I don't have great relationships with my siblings. I have friends and family members who have pretty much disconnected from me over the years, not by my doing. Um, I'm sure I, somewhere in a few of them, I, I'm, I didn't respond like I should, uh, out of immaturity, but there's very little grace given there. So I've had a lot of rejection. And honestly, the closer I get to the Lord and the straighter I try to walk and the more rooted and grounded in the love of the Lord I get, the more I see certain people that just drop out of my life and don't want to be around me. And some of that comes from the fact that, well, I know how to hold my tongue and I know how to listen more, talk less when I'm supposed to, be more humble and forgiving and filled with grace. I'm a, I, I am all about the truth, the truth of the Lord, the truth of love, the truth of walking in the footsteps that Jesus wants me to and making sure that my words and my walk and my talk all match. Um, so anybody else have this experience that people start to drop off the more you're on the path that you're supposed to be on that God wants you to be on? I've heard a lot of people when, in fact, when I talked about this, uh, last week, uh, when I was asked to, to speak at this, uh, beginning of this awesome women's community event and sisterhood, it, everybody was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yes, I have experienced it, experienced this. So I'm wanting to share with you what God put on my heart about love and what's just kind of grabbed a hold of me the last few weeks is that first of all, hold on because it's okay. In the long run, someone else's rejection may be God's protection for you. I know it has been for me and I'm so thankful. I, I cannot be thankful enough. I, I can't thank God enough. And I know it doesn't feel okay. And there are days still, even now for me, it doesn't feel okay, but it is okay. Because when you know what real love is, you'll understand that love that is false and fake or that comes from a lie is not real love. The love of God and how deep, how high and how amazing it is, is something that once you do know it, once you grasp a hold of it, once you're overwhelmed by it, you don't want something else that is just similar to it or fleeting or fake or here and gone in a minute. You don't want something to take its place. You want the real thing. And then all the rest of the love, the brotherly love, the romantic love, the family love, it's just icing on the cake. But you need to remember, it's not the cake. The love of Jesus Christ is the cake. When you know the real love of the Lord, you will see it manifest in your life in beautiful ways. You'll have favor and blessings like you never thought you would. Does that mean you're always going to get whatever you want? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But the blessings will be there and it will be beautiful and things will be sweeter. And then seeking anything else or anyone else to take its place will never do. Whether it's alcohol or drugs or social media, affairs, food, attention from people you shouldn't be getting attention from, relationships that you know aren't good for you, whatever it is you might try to fill yourself up with, because you're lacking in love and you want to feel good for at least for a little while, it will never feel right again. It will never be enough. And if you're stuck in a pattern of filling yourself with the things that have become a habit instead of reaching for the love from Jesus, he can help you out of those habits. And there are people in your midst, I know, 
who would help pray you out of those things. In fact, if you need to uh, reach out to me, go out to womaninspired.com, send me a note. I'll pray for you. It can be anonymous. It can be simple terms. It can be detailed. I will pray for you. I'll add you to my prayer list. You know, he can help you out of those habits. God can. And when you allow yourself to feel the real love of the Lord, immerse yourself in the truth of his word and who Jesus is, you'll be able to recognize beyond a shadow of a doubt what is true love and what is an imposter. So I want to say to you that my prayer for you is the same as it is in Ephesians three sixteen through 19. And I've shared this a few times recently in various podcasts, but I think this is a season that God has me trying to reinforce to other people and maybe to myself again, that I need this affirmation, uh, that his love is not small. It's no small thing. His love undeserved as we all are of it is so much more than we can wrap our heads and our hearts around. And yet if we draw close to him, we will feel it. We will know it. We will be able to touch the edge of the fullness of his love for us until it finally just envelops us. And that's what he wants. So Ephesians three sixteen through 19, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So thank you for tuning in to the Woman Inspired podcast. Please hop on out to womaninspired.com for more info on this podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and download.